Welcome to At The Counter One Shots, the podcast that takes the nerdy questions and discussions held at the counter of your local comic book shop and brings them to the internet. And for the record, we're, we're sorry. sorry. I'm Marcus Antea. And I'm Christian Kenty. ATC One Shots take all the fun and geekery of the full podcast and puts it into bite-sized chunks. All right, Christian, what's today's one shot? Well, in, in true Monty Python style. Uh, now for something, something completely cool. different. <laughs> Actually watched Meaning so. of Lift last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I haven't watched that in a while. It long dropped time. on um, Gosh. Crave. Yeah. I, I haven't watched Monty Python in a while. And and we've been bugging Victoria about it, too, because we keep making Holy Grail jokes. <laughs> and, and Lori brought it up last night. Meaning she's of, never seen it, though. Meaning like, of Lift is actually a considerably better movie than... Uh, than Monty Python and Holy Grail. Uh, it, it, <laughs> the way it works, it is it's much better, much better music. Mm-hmm. I mean, they made they made a spam a lot out of it, but it, that's fair. It still is much better musically. It's got more iconic music. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what? I think we're talking about Monty Python. Apparently, now. We're gonna, we were. This, this was not at all what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so I think we're changing to Monty Python. All right, it's a good one shot. It's we'll roll one with shot. it. All right. Um, okay, so Monty Python, a group of gentlemen yeah. that were a sketch comedy in Britain. I want to name them, but I know I'm going to miss somebody. We've got Terry Gillian. John Cleese. John Cleese. Uh, yeah, see, I'm, I'm terrible with names. Oh, man. Eric Idle. See, and I would go through and do the list as that guy from that thing, that guy from that thing, yeah. that guy from that thing, and well, the guy who did those things. We're just going right. to do the research. And John Cleese. Um, <laughs> he's the one that everybody knows because of of the boys, he's the one who's done the most work um, following his time with Monty Python. Actors. Got us there, though. All right, so we have... Uh, the Monty Python actors, the men, uh, were Terry Jones, Eric Idle, John Cleese, Graham Chapman, Michael Palin, and Terry Gilliam. And Ian um, Davidson. Uh, and Ian Davidson. Uh, there were a couple of girls that came in and did some stuff here and there, but they weren't series regulars, per se. Yeah. Um, but they were a troop of men who did some very very a controversial at the time oh yeah it was i mean it was the i want to say it's early days of uh television not suitable not suitable for work stuff that you talked about at work all the time oh absolutely right um it was it was kind of the early days of that being a thing now not to say you know the oldest profession. Um, but, you know, there were always the things that were not suitable for work. We don't talk about it, but, you know, whatever. But this was early in the days where um, discussion of sexuality and all that kind of stuff and, and dirty talk in the office was kind of more openly accepted. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just one-sided anymore, right? It was, you know, 50s and 60s and any time before that, it was, well, the men would make sexist jokes at the women and stuff. This is the 70s is when the women got in on it. Uh- <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Flying Circus started in 69. Yeah. And that was their television show on the, the BBC. Show, yeah. um, and you can trace the DNA of every sketch show back to Monty Python. Absolutely. Because it set a basis for a new type of television. Well, really. I, I think the most... I think the one that is closest to them as a direct descendant would be Kids in the Hall. Yeah. And Kids in the Hall are back. 
Yes, they are. Which I have I not yet. I haven't. The, I haven't seen. looked at it yet. I totally didn't realize um, Glenn from. Uh, it just didn't register with me. Glenn from Superstore was one of the kids in the hall. Oh yeah. I it just didn't register because he looks so different. <laughs> well, the kids in the hall, um, and they did the whole um, playing both male and female part thing, yep. which goes DNA all the way back to yep. Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, that's classic acting at its best, right? Yeah. And it's you know you watch something like uh, Life of Brian, but not Life of Brian per se, like but especially Meaning of Life, they're shockingly good looking women. Yeah, they they do a really good job. Eric, Eric Idle <laughs> comes off as a shockingly good looking woman. Yeah. Um, John Cleese never did because John Cleese had the mustache and he was always yeah um, he was always pretty straight laced about it, but. Um, I think the absurdest part comes in. I'd forgotten. Um, find the fish. <laughs> yeah. Fish, 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 fish. And I'd forgotten how absurdist and bizarre that was. Because as a kid, when I was watching this, I'm just like, okay, that's weird. Yeah. I, I don't get it. Let's get back to the regular movie. Because um, the regular movie is funny. And especially Meaning of Life had boobs in it. So that was a big bonus. When I was a kid, um, but that it's an absurdist fantasy drug trip in the middle of the show yeah. for no reason. Mm-hmm. But the music from Python is absolutely iconic. Well, and it's it does a really good job of telling the story as well, it does. Um, and and fitting the moment and fitting the facts. Yeah. Um, I had I had forgotten I remembered damn near word for word every song and we made Jack watch it last night. And so <laughs> has he watched... never seen it before? No, he's never really? seen it. He's seen uh, Holy Grail, but yeah. he's never seen Holy it. Holy Grail is night. like is the is your gateway it's Python, gateway right? Python. It's it's the first one I saw. Yeah. And I remember because it, I was I was really young when my brothers had seen it and then they were having friends over and they were gonna watch it, but I wasn't allowed to. And so I snuck the VHS after and, and watched it on my own and thought it was the most hilarious thing in the world because who doesn't like, you know, grown men running around clacking coconuts together? Yeah. Uh- <laughs> but the thing with the Python was as bizarre and out there as it is, it's also incredibly clever. Mm-hmm. Like it's so smart. And okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to alienate people with this one and I apologize. All right. Shoot. American sketch shows do not have that same problem. They don't. Uh, you look at Saturday Night Live. You look at any of the other sketch shows over the years, like even Dean Martin doing his sketches and stuff. They were always funny. Yeah, it's and it's not to say they're not funny. They're doing exactly what they're trying to do. Yeah. But the intelligent factor is missing. Yeah, and that's very British. Right. Yeah. Like is it's the, not enough to be funny, you gotta be smart too. Well like, witty witty is witty. the difference. But no, it's, yeah. it's not even witty, it's actually like intelligent. Yeah. Like when you do the part with the um the liver donor. Yeah. Do you remember that part? He oh, comes to the door it's and he says while. he says, uh, yeah, we're here for your liver. He goes, Well, I'm using it. He says, Did you sign the liver donor card? <laughs> then your problem will come for your liver. He goes, but it's supposed to be when I'm dead. And he goes, well, don't worry. No one's ever survived us getting their liver. <laughs> but then he's trying to get the wife to donate her liver as well and kill them, yep. kill her and take her liver. 
And she's like, I don't think so. He opens the fridge and Eric Idle comes out and sings the song about the universe and yeah. how tiny small we are. <laughs> but it's literally, we're traveling at a million miles a minute and that's the fastest speed there is. We're circling the sun and, you know, this spiral arm of our galaxy is 14,000 <laughs> uh, 14, light years thick. Uh, by us, it's only 3,000 light years wide. Yeah. Like, everything is absolutely factual. Yeah. And put in a song. Mm -hmm. Like, how, what? I, I love uh, the Holy Grail part that always gets me in speaking of intelligence is how well thought out the witch scene is. Right? It's not just, well, we're going to make up a bunch of nonsense. It's a bunch of nonsense. But there's a logic to how it all works to the point that by the time they get to the end of it, you're like, dude, I'm buying this. <laughs> she weighs as much. Oh, my. If she weighs as much as a rock, then she must be made out of wood or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. As much as a duck. That's what it is. If yeah. she weighs as much as a duck, she must be made out of wood. And that, then she floats. She's a witch. <laughs> She turned me into Newt. A Newt, I got better. <laughs> like, like but they, it's it's the execution of it that, yes, it's nonsense. None of it makes any actual logical sense, but they present it in a way that makes you buy into part of the crowd. It's like, yeah, she's a witch. Burn her. <laughs> and the, but the thing about it is, it doesn't matter because it's British. You let them get away because absolutely. <laughs> Anyone with a British accent is more intelligent than us. That's, the way, that's <laughs> the way our brain works. But when they did the the one Monty Python I don't refuse, but I dislike watching, is Live at the Hollywood Bowl. Okay. Because it's basically a clip show of all their best bits yeah. at the Hollywood Bowl in California. Yep. And they have to dumb it down for Americans. Mm -hmm. And it offends me. Yeah, it just tears the whole thing apart. Well, there's a, there's one scene, the Bounder of Adventure, where and they end up running around the theater, going, "Yeah, of course you don't get that. You get your, you know, you get your cloth bag and your cardigan, and you get this, that, and the other thing." And but at the beginning, in the original sketch, she says, "Hello, are you here for holiday, or would you like to go upstairs?" And he says, "I'm here for a holiday." Oh, you have a holiday? Okay. Was that about stairs? Oh, no, nothing. Never mind. Never mind. I'll just call Mr. Bounder for you. And she sends him in. But there's this implied, I'm a hooker. Are you up? Are you coming for a fun time? Or are you here for a holiday? I just want to check. In the American one, and I apologize, I'm going to be a tiny bit crude, but this is a quote. She goes, hello, are you here for a holiday or would you like a blowjob? And my head went, what? Like this subtle implied joke had to be hit with a hammer yeah. to make Americans get it. Yeah. And it bothers me. It really bothers me. Well, because me. that's what turns it into something offensive at that point. And yeah. not just offensive because you know the original. It turns it into an actual offensive thing, right? Well, is where not... when you nod to it, it's innocent and playful and you can move past it. Whereas when you hit it on the head that hard, it's like, okay, no. <laughs> now I, I, I can't just, watch this with the kids. <laughs> I just think it's more the fact that they had to be so unsubtle. Yeah. Like subtlety is just that sousan of amazing little comedy. When you have to drop it and be blatant about it, 
It's brutal. That's what I'm saying in general. When you like, I totally get why you're such a Britophile. I there's some things that I just struggle with, and I'm a bit more Americanized that way. Is um, certain things I just don't want to think so much about, um, and I'm okay with that. I've made my peace with it. But I appreciate the medium because if you make the same thing in Britain as you do here again it takes it from being something that you can probably get away with watching with the kids and yeah it's crude but it's innocent right it's innocent enough right and i'm not saying that about monty python in general because there's a lot of things your kids shouldn't see in monty python um but um in in a lot of different things there are british comedies that you just can't make here because we can't we have to like you said you have to dumb them down to a way that makes them outright crude well look at the office yeah. the office oh is, uh, oh yeah the office sure. is a beautiful example of how they managed to overcome doing that and still yep. make a great product but they had to tear away from what the original was they they held on to some of the basic Conceits, character structure yeah. and rewrote it to fit an americanized character right as opposed to just trying to transplant the one from the other and say okay yeah we're just gonna put this guy here put this guy here yeah and you know we're gonna dumb his thing down so that we can make it make sense for american audiences right no michael scott is super super different Right, because he's white is different because again because they're American because they play different parts in the American lifestyle, right? And that's the point of the office in the first place is it's your everyman. It's a show about everyday people. Yeah, um, you know, you go to work, you talk, you know, you talk shit at the water cooler, and and you move on, right? And this is what happens. Right. Yeah. There's relationships at the office or there's this going on or, you know, your boss really wants to be recognized for something or whatever. Right. Um, there's that guy who keeps trying to get ahead. The shrewds. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and they did a really good job of transplanting the basic structure of those characters and rebuilding them from the ground up. Right. Right. But you'd be surprised how many shows that we enjoy in America or North America, I mean, are remakes of things from Britain. Yeah. Shocked. Yeah. We should actually do a... There's maybe, another one. Maybe <laughs> another, write it down. Write that down. Uh, maybe we'll do another one about shows you didn't know were remakes. Yeah. That one I have to do some time on before. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to do a bit of research and yeah. work on that. We one. talked about that with somebody off mic. Is uh, They were impressed with how much you know how much research we must do we don't research much for this show uh, no, <laughs> there's no. a couple of topics we had to go deeper on but for the most part that's why we're probably wrong about a lot of things is because we're, we're this is us talking at the counter it's the point yeah, there, are, there are two rules when dealing with marcus rule number one marcus is always right rule number two if marcus is wrong refer to rule number one yeah. <laughs> no seriously um but monty python was groundbreaking in so many ways. And if you go back and watch the flying circus, there's four seasons of that. It is absurdist comedy at its best, but mm -hmm. it's also absolutely iconic. The things that you get from flying circus, they're staggering. Well, and I feel like that's, that's the split in the Americanized version of any, any sketch comedy is you get either the Saturday night live, which is, just 
you know, the funny for the sake of funny. And then you get the guys who are trying to do the real absurdist thing, but they're missing that. And yeah. again, it's the intelligence factor that's missing on it. Right. And it just doesn't quite hit because it's, it's not absurdist. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's pointless. And, but you and look at Saturday Night Live. For, to, to use the phrase, it's drivel. <laughs> you look at Saturday Night Live and I'm going to say from my point of view, because I don't watch Saturday Night Live anymore, but I get clips and I get things like that. The only relatively iconic thing in the last decade of Saturday Night Live was um, Adam, um, Alec, Alec Baldwin's Trump. Yeah. Was bang on. But before that, you got to go back to the like 80s and 90s with Church Lady, Wayne's World. Those things were iconic. Well, I, I think we're switching directions to Saturday Night Live a little bit here. Well, no, which there's, is okay. there's a reason there's a I'm doing that. I'll get a, right. I think point. every era of Saturday Night Live does have a few iconic bits, but it used to be when you look at the 80s, 80s, early 90s, when you're you know, Mike Myers and Adam Sandler came into the picture, Chris Farley, those kinds of, you know, actors. There was a huge rollout of iconic characters that came out of those guys, even which was what it was built upon in the 70s when you had Dan Aykroyd and yeah. the crew, right? And now it's, you know, I I don't mind the Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph era where, you know, you had Target Lady. You had, you know, there were a few gems in there. The Californians. But generally when you go through, which is why I stopped watching, you'd have to watch through so much. Ugh, Dribble. Right? Just to get to something that was like, okay, now I can. And so it kind of dilutes it because you're not sure, is this actually good or is it just a gem, a pearl in a sea of crap? But like, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's what my point was. We don't remember American sketches. Not in the same way, no. Canadians, a little bit more. Yeah. But I could probably go almost word for word python sketches like bounder of adventure like the dead parrot sketch the spams the spams yeah like it was so egg sausage spam you got anything without spam anything without spam well that's only got a little spam in it (laughs) like (laughs) and but those things are so like the characters in those are irrelevant yeah in the American version, the characters are the only part that's iconic. Yeah. The characters and their catchphrases. Mm-hmm. Wayne, excellent. As if, and duh, and you know, whatever. Church lady, could it be Satan? All those things we remember the character mm-hmm. in the iconic stuff from Monty Python. We remember the whole it's sketch. It's the sketch. It's the way it the comes characters together. are irrelevant. Yeah. It's the sketch. Well, and that leads into the absurd, like the spam thing that always gets me is the the Vikings that come in at the yeah. end of it is spam, spam, no, get out, spam. Out, out, like, out. <laughs> it doesn't matter to anything that's happening. <laughs> and, it, and but it still is amazing, even it's to this so day, good, right? Like I show my kids, and they're they're now quoting Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and like I haven't gone to because I haven't found anywhere that has. Uh, the flying circus on it yet, but I haven't really gone looking. I should go back and watch the old ones. But and then you get the branch off things like that, like the movies, which not just the Python movies, but Terry Gillian um, did Ice Pirates. 
Yep. Or not ice pirates, sorry, time bandits. Mm-hmm. And that is that is absolutely twisted and bizarre and fun. Um, and Eric Idle pops up everywhere. And the Rat music. Race was a great example of, of John Cleese going beyond that and taking, I would say, taking a bit of that British absurdity and inserting it into an Americanized right. film, right? Because he got together actors that got it, right? You had... It's called Wanda. Yeah, that, exactly. There you go, right? But he had Whoopi, which was a weird choice for that, but it fit. And yeah. I mean, he had Rowan Atkinson in it, which, you know, yeah, if you're looking for had... British, Americanized British absurdity, look to Rowan Atkinson because he gets it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he gets out of play to More the crowd. Whatever else, crowd yeah. he's in front of, he'll play to. Um, you know, but you've got uh, John Lovitz. John Lovitz is um a ton even of even amy smart did it well in that i was yeah. impressed with her in that uh seth green right seth green is another guy who just gets comedy yeah um and he takes it to and and he does a thing where he brings people to himself and i think right? you find that m- most of those actors that have that sensibility grew up watching britcoms yeah. Yeah. and watching british stuff and have parents who are british or from the uk yeah. Because that's how you got that stuff. Yeah. Seth Green as a filmmaker in general is, as an actor and a filmmaker, is is the kid, the '90s kid with his computer yeah. and his camcorder, going, "Check this out." And that's everything he makes is that way. And I love it. I love so much that he makes that way because it's literally you feel like you're looking over somebody's shoulder at their monitor, at their big CRT monitor. Well, hilariously. <laughs> It's only because of America that I have my British sense of humor. And the reason being was because WNED, which is the local PBS affiliate to Miss and the Ontario region mm-hmm. out of Buffalo, had Friday night Britcoms. Mm-hmm. We watched Are You Being Served, um, the Keeping Up Appearances, Monty Python, all of that stuff was every Friday night, and I would watch it religiously. And then when we hit high school, you started to be able to get into things like Holy Grail and Life of Brian, which is ridiculously clever. I think I feel like uh, um, keeping up appearances was again. It was the WNED thing for us. Yeah. Right. Um, the schedule was different, but um, that was the first time I recognized British comedy as a different form of comedy. Right. Right. And that I think that's what kind of grabbed me as okay. There's something else here. Right. Because it was so odd, right? And she was just so pro- trying to be so proper, and it, it was the way the whole thing played out, and and the exasperated husband of, oh no, <laughs> Charlie Bucket, it's bouquet. Yeah. Um, but just the entire thing, and and put on display the fact for me, put on display that there's something different here because I had seen Mr. Bean and things like that up to that point, but because it's mim- mimery, yeah, mimicry. How is that mimicry? It's mimicry. Is it mimery? Um, because it's mimery, it's a very different thing, and so it's accessible, yeah. right? But when you put words to it, it's very different, right? That's like my kids; they love Mr. Bean. My daughter wanted a little rubberized Mr. Bean thing from a whole store full of toys and stuff. She wants the Mr. Bean, right? Cool. Awesome. Yeah. He had a cartoon for a bit. He did. Yeah. And that was the version. And uh, that's available on Prime as well. Um, So we've watched it. Not as good, but not bad. Um, But, you know, a bunch of his stuff is available on there as well. Um, 
And we watch it religiously with them. Like whenever it because it's something I can handle watching with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much oh, Ryan. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> we're just going to glaze right past that. <laughs> yes, we get that past my purview. Cause that's, you know, yeah, that was mm-hmm. when I was younger. But I still love Phineas and Ferb. Watch, watch real things with your kids. I can get my head around Phineas and Ferb and, and Bluey and things like that because that's something. This other thing is Ryan Kid is literally your kid watching a kid open a toy. <laughs> Play with your own toys. That's, that's why this, this is where we've been degenerated to as a society is watching other people do things. There's no intelligence. There's no I just struggle with it so much. Like pack opening for Pokemon. Oh, well, you know, watch my YouTube channel where I open packs. No. <laughs> why not? I have better things to do with my time. <laughs> like yeah. open my own. <laughs> yeah, open my own okay. stuff. So, but getting back to the point. Monty Python is like some of the absurdist stuff they've done. There are iconic bits that do not rely on characters. There's one that is one of my favorite. It's called How Not to Be Seen. And it says, How Not to Be Seen. They've taken this course. Mrs. Johnson has taken our course, How Not to Be Seen. Mrs. Johnson, could you please stand up? And she stands up and waves. And he blows her up like there's a huge like a <laughs> explosion. And he goes, Mrs. Johnson failed not to be seen. And then there's a next is a shot of a field with a single bush in the middle of it. And he says, Mr. Fred, you know, Mr. Fred Tomlinson has learned not to be seen. Mr. Tomlinson, will you please stand up? Mr. Tomlinson, will you please stand up? Mr. Tomlinson has learned the first rule of not being seen. However, he did not pick a very good place to be found and he blows up the bush <laughs> and it's so bizarre but it's stuck in your head and it but because it just keeps getting more and more better and absurd and bigger and again it gets you bought into the idea yeah. of okay how do i not be seen because but, i don't want to get but blown by the up. end of it he's just <laughs> blowing stuff up and giggling like john cleese yeah just random randomly blowing stuff up and giggling the entire time yeah. that's the bit <laughs> it's just brilliant yeah. like i and it's stuff i can't even talk about here because the, the words are stuff well and avoid. and i again they're movies like you said it's not character based so life of brian money python these have central characters to them but the characters aren't the point right the story that's going life each of, brian, of the story the is the point but yeah, not really you... though like he is the center point of what's happening but it's everything that's happening around him, him that's yeah. more important right and more important to the story because yeah, like, you know, the quest that King Arthur is on and finding his knights at the round table. Of course, yeah, we all know that idea, right? But it's the ridiculousness of, you know, the knights who say knee and, yeah. and the, you know, Castle the, Perilous. Pa- Castle Perilous and, and the, you know, the Black Knight and running into these guys. And yes, the Black Knight is an iconic character, but he's not iconic because he's a knight dressed in black he's a knight who loses his arms and legs which is just really hilarious and he won't give up (laughs) (laughs) call it a draw (laughs) yeah no it's and well one of the things life of uh meaning of lift yesterday where the british uh, aristocracy in war everybody's murdering and dying in the first zulu war and they go in to see they go in to see the guy and he goes, he's had a nasty bite, so I think they've gone to the mosquitoes are just brutal. They go to see him, and he's missing a leg. 
Like the leg is gone. And he's just sitting there reading book. Oh, it stings quite a bit. Yeah. It's, mm. And it's making fun of British aristocracy and, and officer class. Of course. They poke fun at everything and everybody. So if you're not a Monty Python fan, why are you listening to this podcast, first of all? Because most people who do are. However, I highly suggest if you haven't done it in a while, revisit some of it because you forget. You're going you're gonna to catch some new stuff. In your maturity. Oh, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> stuff you, you see as a kid. Like, there was stuff I saw in Meeting of Liff yesterday that I'd forgotten about or didn't realize. Yeah. And I was laughing. <laughs> oh, and of course, the music is absolutely iconic. Everybody knows the words to, you know, most of those songs. Yeah. Um, and it, like I said, I shocked myself that I knew all the words to the songs. I didn't even have the subtitles on and I was yeah. singing along and Jack's looking at me like, <laughs> how do you know all this stuff? I'm like, because we sang it, we had fun. One of the ones, um, again, we won't use it on the show, but I could, I could probably still play it on the piano. I figured it out, Yeah. but I had the Monty Python <laughs> sings album. And so yeah. I listened to all the music repeatedly. But again, we're, fun. we're very bombarded with entertainment now. So there's so much to dissect that, you know, we forget that there was a point where, yeah, you rewatched. Yeah. And you had to go religiously, right? You, re yeah. you watched something and you went, I want to see more of this. And you went and found more of it. Yeah. Um, like there's a bit from, I think it's lying circus with the song sit on my face. No. We did that in the cafeteria in four-part harmony at the top of our lungs one day at school. We just broke into song, did the song, went right back to what we were doing like nothing had happened. And it was hilarious. If you managed to do that today, it would be a viral. Oh, right. Yeah. It's the sort of thing that and just... And you'd also be sent... You know, oh, you'd, you'd be, be a lot expelled, of but, yeah. but yeah, like... And and I've done we've done the breaking out mm. breaking out into song thing, occasionally over the years like Rocket Robin Hood, yeah. we did that uh, at uh, Ryerson, at a game night. Somebody <laughs> said, "Do you remember that show?" And like I remember every word of the song. They're like you do not, and I started singing it, and like eight guys joined in, and then we just went back to playing our game. And if you can pull that off, it's spectacular because people are like. What the hell just happened? We did, we did it at... Uh, I was so mad that there was nobody else around to see it. We did it at a D&D session with the night that Patty Murphy died. Because I ran it into a session where this dwarf stands up and just belts it out. Yeah. Right? Gruff looking to it. The night that Patty Murphy died. And everybody else It was a night I'll never forget. <laughs> we just went through half the song. And I love moments like that yeah. because that... In in no there's no other way to know that you're on the same page with people <laughs> as much as to break into random song with them <laughs> yeah, and have other people join that weren't yeah. necessarily part of the situation in the first yeah. place. Oh, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, to wrap up, this is a one shot after all, and we've gone a little long because we weren't expecting to do this topic. This wasn't even the topic we had it wasn't planned. The topic we had planned, but uh, we'll get to the topic we had planned in a couple of weeks. Uh, however, that being said. Go watch it again. You'll you find all kinds of things you never noticed before. You'll see things you didn't catch the first time. Uh, little joke. There's so many little in jokes and hidden bits and pieces. It's worth a look again. I'm just marveling that we got a whole one shot of our intro. <laughs> well, you know, that's what we do. We're that kind of people. All right. We'll see you guys next time. 
Well, that question has been asked and answered, but we still need more questions. So please send any of your nerdy questions to Christian at frugaldutchman.com or join us on Facebook at TFDATC. That's the Frugal Dutchman at the counter. So join us next time for more thoughtful answers to pointless questions, and we'll see you at the counter. counter.